gentlemen, and welcome to the End Zone Militia, um, the regional title edition. I'm your host, Isaiah Marco, with my co-host, Phil Snow, the Stats Guy. And the Snowman, and just remember that stats are cool. Indeed they are. Alright, Phil, so we're coming off another... Um, Unfortunate, we got two teams that we cover. It, their seasons have came to an end, unfortunately. Um, but hey, you either survive in advance or you die and go home. Yeah, and you know, they didn't go down without a fight, though. I'll tell you that. Oh, All yeah, the absolutely. games that were lost to the teams that we were, don't cover anymore, uh, or the teams that were covering that lost, uh, put up a good fight. They were all close games. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Excuse so. Me. So yeah, but uh, we're gonna jump right into the first two uh, teams that we uh, that lost. Um, we had the Perrysburg Yellow Jackets uh, losing to the Olentangy Liberty Patriots, fourteen to three. Very close. Um, it was a close game. Uh, the score may say fourteen three, but it was probably a dogfight throughout the whole entire game, and probably and just Olentangy's just uh just uh, found all the counters they, they were looking for to shut down that Perrysburg offense. Yeah, Perrysburg actually just struggled to move the ball on a consistent basis. They were able to get that field goal right before the half. Uh, really just had a hard time compounding good plays after good plays to really be able to get drives going. Uh, and it cost them. You know, and, and I'd say the same thing for Olentangy Liberty. You know, the Patriots also had a tough time moving the football. You know, 14-3. to It was a defensive slugfest the whole way. You know what? Uh, you know, Perrysburg bows out at 11 and two, a first ever regional semifinal appearance for the Yellow Jackets. So, uh, you know, great season if you're Perrysburg, mm-hmm. and uh, hats off to those guys for being the NL champs as well. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, props to Perrysburg, and uh, um, that uh, I predicted at the beginning of the season uh, because I was deb- we were debating between who de- who do we think was going to win the league title, the NLL, either A.W. or Perrysburg, and most people were going to think it's going to be uh, A.W., but uh, I decided to flip the script and went with uh, Perrysburg, and, well, I can, I'm can. i glad to say I was right on this one. So, go me! So, uh, we all, we go... <laughs> so, we're going on to the second team that we that lost um, over the week. On uh, the Walpaw Redskins uh, losing to Baden, to the Baden Rams. Hamilton Baden is what I think they're actually called. Okay, Hamilton Baden. Yeah, yep. Um, they are Walpaw losing sixteen to nine. Um, in that game, and that game was that game was a slugfest in defense. Also, it was a really good. It was a very good game between those two teams. Uh, Phil, you got anything to say about this? Yeah, actually, I wrote down some notes on this one. This game ended in a 16-9 final. Wapakoneta was able to move the ball, was able to get some big plays and get down in Baden territory, and then Baden's defense just stiffened and then stiffened and then stiffened some more. Uh, Wapakoneta's three field goals, 41 yards, 34 yards, and I believe 33 or something like that, so... Uh, give credit to that young man who was able to knock down those kicks. I thought I wrote it down somewhere. I think I might have – maybe I wrote it down on the website, on the Facebook page, so check that out. But, yeah, he was 3 of 3 for field goal, so good day there. Baden star, uh, Hamilton Baden started off the game with a touchdown, went for two, uh, not able to get – I'm sorry, got the, uh, got the extra point, and then their second touchdown – uh, tried to go for two, weren't able to get it, and then was only able to get a field goal after that. So 
credit the Wapaw defense for stiffening up there at the end of the game, just not able to score some touchdowns. You know, if you got to think, if you put it in retrospect, you score those three times you were down in that territory, uh, the touchdowns, you know, it's a 21-19, to 21-16 game. So, you know, the outcome's a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Put some more pressure on the Rams. Just just unable to find the end zone. But Wapakoneta, you know, WBL champs, great season for the Redskins. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, Coach Moyer getting – Meyer, Moyer, I can't remember exactly, but getting his 200th career win there mm-hmm. at, the, at that – Yep. Program, so great stuff there for Wapakoneta. Good season, WBL champs. Yep. Um, and uh, Hamilton Baden gets to play our our new favorite meme team, Tippecanoe. Tippecanoe. <laughs> Tippecanoe. Uh, just real quick, they won 41 to 30 over Western Brown. So uh, we're we're going for we're hoping Tippecanoe, even though we don't cover them, we're hoping that they can win win one we more game. We need our meme team to survive. We, yes, we need the meme team to survive. Um, now we're on to uh, the um, let's see here. Ah, yes, the Cougars of Van Wert uh, coming off a victory um, over. Hold on, give me a second, real quick. West Holmes. West Holmes. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Um, that was a it, Van Wert showed up again, uh, uh, winning this game forty to thirty five. Phil, um, and I think this game was back and forth throughout the night. Yeah, actually, Van Wert got off to a very hot start. Uh, a forty five yard touchdown pass on their first drive turned right around and scored again on another impressive quick drive on their second series, and really put some pressure uh, on this on this team, you know, West Holmes. And then they haven't really been tested all year, and then West Holmes responded and got two quick touchdowns of their own and tied it right up at 14 apiece. Uh, you know, and I had I, I think I had said something last time uh, we, we, we got together and said something about Van Wert escaping a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, they battled adversity in this game. Uh, you know, West Holmes came back, tied it up, Van Wert scored. Van uh, West Holmes came right back and tied it right back up again. Uh, Van Wert had a two touchdown lead. West Holmes did what they needed to do at the end of the game to try to give themselves a chance. Uh, but Van Wert and their, uh, I, I think their experience at this level really came into play here, going to their second straight regional finals. Now, mm-hmm. I actually think maybe the third straight regional finals for Van Wert. So yeah, because they, uh, they familiar at that familiar at that spot in the playoffs, yep. and I think that really paid dividends for them able to win that game so congratulations to the cougar nation, nation. so but yeah um and uh, we'll get to uh the games uh the game previews of this week after we get done with uh the next two games uh we get we march on over to division seven region 26 uh game that phil and i were both at um the antwerp archers playing against the gibson golden bears and this game, Phil, um, watching that game the whole entire time, I honestly thought um, uh, that the Archers was going to run all over these guys um, with the spread, and they kind of did, but Gibsonburg kept on punching and punching and punching until the, until the last breath. And um, right at the end, I would say um, not, having, not being prepared for a two-minute offense right at the end of the game, cost Gibsonburg the game because they didn't know what the heck they were doing right at the end of the game there. Well, I thought the clock management was also just awful. I mean, they ran one play with a minute and five seconds left in the game. They ran one play, and then before they got another playoff, there was 33 seconds left. 
So I think he really hit the hit the nail on the head by saying they weren't ready for that two minute offensive type drill, and we we kind of seen it all go to shambles. I mean, he ran the inside on the inside run play, which don't get me wrong, Connor Smith had been effective the last two drives on the game running that play that they ran. It was like a little thirty five power mm-hmm. uh, out of their formation, which you know you and I had kind of kind of talked about was a a. a, a uh, bizarre, bizarre wing T. It was kind of just a funky wing T. Uh, they they really didn't run guys in motion. It was just yeah. they they shuffle they shuffled over two steps and then just tried to block the guy in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta give you gotta give credit to both teams here. I was very surprised. I the the physicality in the first half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the teams were hitting very hard, uh, and, and the blocking was good. I mean, the the teams both had some size. I, mm-hmm. I was very surprised. With the physicality that I saw in the first three quarters, uh, you know, give credit to the quarterback for Antwerp. Uh, kind of gets hurt there on that quarterback sneak play. Yeah, that, that plays a cru- that played a crucial part in the game there because uh, before Antwerp's go ahead touchdown, um, the last two drive the t- two to three drives they stalled out with their backup quarterback, and it was clear as day if that if their starter couldn't get come back in. We're probably expecting we we're only stuck with two teams left at this point because given the way Antwerp was going with their backup quarterback, it wasn't very it wasn't good. Yeah, and and honestly, after he got hurt, is Gibsonburg started opening some holes, so it, it was like that kind of gave them some momentum. And then you know we had talked about our last preview show about what Coldwater did with Huron bringing in mm-hmm. the Blossom game kid, you know, and how that gave them a morale boost. Mm-hmm. I think this was just what they needed. They didn't need him to be mobile. Uh, they just needed him to throw an accurate pass in the pocket. You saw a second down and long completion, and then you saw a third and 11 completion throwing it up to the guy who had a big game, number 21, I don't know his name, a fantastic ball game. You know, mm-hmm. we saw the very first strike from Antwerp was the long touchdown pass to him uh, where he kind of just blew right by the Gibsonburg defender. I think you also made a great point. Antwerp ran the ball very well. I think Reed Lichty had three touchdown runs Mm -hmm. for Antwerp, especially down in the red zone. I I thought when they stalled out on the fourth down drive, it was third and two. They threw two pass attempts. I was a little questioned by them, by those calls. I really thought, I really thought with how effective they were running the football, uh, that they were just going to stick to the run there, run it twice and, you know, stick to your guns. But uh, give them credit. Came down on the last drive there, scored with under uh, with just over a minute to play. Mm-hmm. You know, dramatics like they had last week, recovering a fumble at the 50-yard line and then scoring with under a minute to go. Mm-hmm. Again, getting the two-point conversion this week, also getting the two-point conversion to make it an eight-point game. So even if Gibsonburg scores, you know, have to get the two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. So I really think Antwerp did everything they needed to do to win that game. You know, you mentioned Gibsonburg's awful two-minute offense and I think Antwerp thought of that and you know they they ran it one time they ran it and they went down at about the three-yard line Mm -hmm. and I think that was a heads-up play you know burn some clock burn some clock Uh, you want the ball in your hands to win the game and Mm -hmm. I think Antwerp did a fantastic job Uh, no take no credit away from Gibsonburg I think I thought they they both played a fantastic football game Uh, but the stat that really made the difference here is that Gibsonburg had two turnovers uh, to Mm -hmm. Antwerp zero Yep, uh, and despite that, Gibsonburg Connor Smith, I think he had thirty three rushes for two hundred and ninety six yards, mm-hmm. uh, almost three hundred yards rushing. Uh, fantastic football game by that young man. Just Antwerp, the team game, 
uh, really showed up at yep. Liberty Center on Saturday night. Absolutely. Uh, so that's so with Ant, we're marching on to keeping an undefeated season. I don't remember the last time Antwerp appeared in a regional title. Do you never. have that? Never. Never. First time never. in school history. Really? Yes, sir. I would never have believed that. Yep. Antwerp will advance to their first regional finals in school history. Uh, Liberty Center will advance to their second regional finals in as many games. So, uh, kind of cool how you look at look at things in that scheme and that perspective as well. Yeah. So. Um, also, uh, just gonna put the, just gonna have a little sh- quick shout out to the Liberty Center varsity football starters. Some of them were at the football game at that game last night no- on Saturday on, night, sa- yeah. on Saturday night. And uh, first, they started in Gibsonburg's uh, student section, doing the, a little menace, if you will, doing the tomahawk chop and saying "Go Bears" to everyone. And then after Antwerp's bomb, they uh, switched, switched sides. sides. <laughs> they switched sides and, and uh, just saying, "Okay, we're like, okay, we're done. We're headed. We're going this side now." And um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny and comical watching those guys all night, just with how goofy they were being. You know, with every right, you know the way they played the night before. So good yeah, stuff. Yeah, like literally, literally, they first they started doing the tomahawk chop, which made zero sense whatsoever. I was wondering why the Gibsonburg fans were doing that, but it all makes sense now. It wasn't Gibsonburg players; it was our varsity guys, which. Give just it, makes it, it even that more funny. Just stuff. doing the tomahawk chop with, <laughs> and they have no relation to it to an Indian, so, but yeah, that 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 was pretty funny though. Those guys were pretty, they were just they were just having fun. They were just being kids. Kids are high school kids being high school kids. Um, we're on to the greatest division in all the state of Ohio, Division Five, Region Eighteen. Uh, the Liberty Center Tigers. Um. The shellac fest. The brain, uncle, like the pronunciators said, Uncle Spanky came to town, and they the their whole family with him. And the Tigers ran over the Cavaliers all night long, winning a thirty-four nothing shutout. Um, I'm just gonna say this real quick on the, on the day of that game when I was at work. Um, I had a pet, there was a Patrick Henry guy that came in and he was, he was just looking around, just browsing around and all that. And we started talking about football, a little bit about football a little bit. And he said to my fa- quote unquote saying, you guys, Liberty Center does not stand a chance against cold wire. You guys are going to lose 35 to seven tonight. And I'm like, okay, buddy, I'm, I'm going to let you, um, stick with, uh, you have your own, your personal opinion. I understand that. Blah, 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 blah. But I can tell you right now, you're wrong. And he's like, nah, man, Colwar's going to beat you guys. I'm like, okay. And so, um, yeah, uh, this guy was heavily wrong. So, um, Phil, what do you got to say about this game other than um, us literally owning the game from the beginning to the end? Well, I'll give you the stat breakdown. And uh, before I give you the stat breakdown, I just want to say I – over the first three weeks of the playoffs, we've had a, a, a very a trend going, and it's the 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 tone has been set in the first drive. Mm-hmm. It was no different on Friday night when Coldwater got the ball after we marched it fourteen plays. We got the ball first. We went fourteen plays for seventy eight yards. We drained just under seven minutes off the clock. And, and it was just run. It was power run. And we got it on fourth down. We we converted a third and seven on a 30 trap play that went for 15 yards. I mean, 
that was the story. And then the very first play for Coldwater, uh, we had two guys, Bach and, and, and Navarre, that met uh, Boston game in the backfield, uh, and he just he just fell. Uh, you know, and I think that right there just kind of set the tone. Mm-hmm. And, and that really told the score story for the game. Mm-hmm. You know, against Port Clinton, it was the 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 touchdown or whatever. You know, the, the easy touchdown run that we had um, against Liberty Benton. I, I told you guys, I thought it was the picks, the the pick in the very first drive mm-hmm. with Landon Cruz, and uh, no no different here. You know, the first drive really set the tone. Uh, with that being said, uh, Liberty Center holding Coldwater to sixty two total yards, uh, ten carries for eleven yards rushing which is just, you know, it's just, it's it's unheard of, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, Liberty Center, seven, uh, I'm sorry, Blossom game, 7 of 20 for 50 yard, 51 yards and two touch, or two interceptions, excuse me. Uh, Coldwater had one drive uh, with more than four plays, uh, and that was the seven-play drive that they had before the end of the half uh, that ended in a Zane, uh, Zane Zider interception. So with three minutes and 21 seconds to go in the first half, Coldwater had ran six plays. Oh, Wow. Uh, Jack Ebbing, four carries, eight yards. Uh, uh, defensively, uh, so again, not many stats offensively for Coldwater. Defensively, Sam Obringer had 17 tackles. Mason Welch had 10 tackles, and Will Fox had 10 tackles. And Mason Welch uh, was the freshman linebacker that I had talked about. So g- good game from those guys. Will Fox, 10 tackles. So good job defensively from those guys making those tackling stats. But, you know, uh, when you're on the field that long, you're gonna have you're gonna have increased stats like that. Liberty Center 19 first downs to Coldwater's two first downs. Matt Orr 21 carries 100 101 yards for three touchdowns, eight four and four yards out. Uh, Colton Cruz 18 carries 102 yards, uh, and the pick six. And then Zane Zider 12 carries 69 yards and a touchdown. He was also two of six in the air for 28 yards. Uh, you know. I thought a couple of those times we had guys that were open. Chambers was open down the middle. Hammetry open in the end zone. Uh, maybe just a little bit of air under those balls. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit different of a outcome there. Uh, but nevertheless, I think the chances were there. Mm-hmm. The opportunity was there to succeed. Uh, just next time, I think we'll capitalize on those. So, Absolutely. Uh, you know, struggled there with the passing game. But, you know, when you're running the ball as effectively as what Liberty Center did, uh, you don't really have to rely on that passing game. I thought we had a great pass play where Zane kind of ran the RPO and pulled it out and threw it uh, uh, to uh, to Tree uh, that was just wide open in a space, and he was able to get about 12, 15 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a nice play. Liberty Center with 332 total yards, 60 rushes for 304 yards, which is a 5.06 yard per carry average. Owen Box had five tackles. And 37 yards. And Trent and Cruz had three tackles. <laughs> this is Liberty Center's eighth consecutive game with 34 points or more. And this is their 11th 30-point game of the season. This is their fifth shutout of the year and their 10th game giving up seven or less points. Um, through three games, Liberty Center's given up 35 carries for 67 yards, which is 1.9 yard per carry, uh, and <laughs> just which is just unheard of. And the Tigers, uh, as a team, 145 carries for 1,038 yards, uh, which is 7.1 yards per carry as a team over the playoffs. So uh, good numbers there, great stuff. Uh, um, by it, the way, uh, it, was just Col- a, it was just a thorough. This is going to be a stupid question. Colton Cruz wears number two, right? Yes, and it was just a thorough beating. Now for Colton Cruz, for the fi- finally, for the first time this year, Colton Cruz 
gets the cheeseburger hit of the week, laying the lumber to that one poor, poor cold water receiver that was running over the middle of that slant. That was Trenton. Was that Trenton? I think it was number five. I think it was. Was Trenton. it five? I think it was Trenton Cruz. Okay, I do apologize. Trenton Cruz. Because wait, who was the one that put the incomplete symbol on? That's Colton. That okay, that's so Colton. maybe it was Colton. Okay. Yeah, that let's was give Colton. it to both of them. Let's give it to both of them. Okay, screw it. Smokes. They, Trenton had a killer hit too over the middle. So okay, we'll give them. All right, congratulations, but, uh, Trenton and Colton Cruz. You got the cheeseburger hit of the week. Um, like I said, we're gonna. Uh, we're still working the kinks out on what we plan on doing. We're just going to wait until the, until the end of the season of for you guys because um, what's the rule in, in, in the state of Ohio? You had to wait two weeks until you're, uh, until you're allowed to go play your next sport? No, they can start right away. and they, they'll, they'll, be the, they'll, give, they'll be given the option to take a week off if they want, but most of them probably won't. If I know those kids, most of them probably won't. Yeah. But, uh, but hey, before we move on to the preview – I did have a soundbite that I wanted to play for you that I thought just kind of, just kind of, uh, it, it was the nail in the coffin for me in the game. It was 21 nothing at this point. Um, this is a, the game call of Lynn Grohl and Scott Barrett on the Black Swamp Gamecast. Uh, they were at the game. They called this game, and this is a sound clip from a play that I really thought was the, the biggest turning point and, like I said, the nail in the coffin. Coldwater, Blazing game, back to throw it. Time. He's under pressure. Box is yeah. after him. That could be picked off. Picked off by Colton Cruz at the 28. He's could loose. He's six. gonna go all the way. Touchdown, wow. Tigers. Assist goes to 62. Oh. <laughs> Owen Box. Owen Box. Ooh, buddy. By the way, Lynn, I know we were watching the pick six. Great. So the story of that is uh, on that play, Owen bull rushed through three. Coldwater Cavalier defenders chased Blossom game down, and, and uh, Marcel just kind of tried to throw it away, uh, but didn't get enough oomph on it. Landed right in Colton Cruz's hand, and then uh, you know, as Scott Barrett was just about to say, he literally turned around uh, and started blocking at right after that. Uh, Owen Box did so. Just just a great play uh, at that point. It, it took the game to twenty-eight nothing with just over three minutes to go, five minutes to go in the third quarter, and. Uh, with what we saw defensively from Liberty Center holding cold water, mm-hmm. shutting them out. It was just, it was at that moment I really felt like Liberty Center had, had put the nail in the coffin. So uh, that was just, it was just a, it was just a, a methodical, uh, the way Liberty Center was able to move the ball at will. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I think we got like three fourth down conversions, one on a fourth and four uh, that we had in the first drive uh, that led to a touchdown run. So, uh, just a thorough beating. Yeah, you can tell by the body language after the first after the opening drive for Liberty Center. You can just tell by the body language of Coldwater. Uh, they're 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 like, okay, this is going to be a long night if we don't get something if we don't get get it together. And they never got it together. Um, like like we all like we said since the beginning of the season, Liberty's physicality is going to come out and it's going to make you fall apart. Eventually, it's going to make you fall apart eventually. Coldwater's well conditioned, a very well coached team. Um, but the thing is, though, they um, obviously the MAC is down this year. But the thing is, though, not a lot of teams have played a Liberty Center phys- and never played a physical Liberty Center football team. And don't get me wrong, Coldwater can Coldwater is a physical team. They're good. They they can lay the lumber, but it's not every single play and being a thorn in your side 
all four quarters because you can tell with the quote unquote over exaggerated blocking that they like to say, that they were saying, um, they did not like that. Well, I'm like, as long as the whistle's not blown, our guys are going to keep going, and that and like I said in the game day on game day last week. I did state that, that it was going to get annoying for them, and they're not going to like it. It's going to get in their heads. And, well, it did. And it was just a nonstop thorn in their side the whole entire game. And, yeah, so. And uh, also in the uh, Division Two Region 6 game between uh, Central Catholic and uh, Medina Highland, which I had talked about was a rematch of last year's round of this. Mm-hmm. Let's just say I think Central Catholic put that to bed uh, with a forty-two to six throttling Holy of Medina Highland. Uh, they were up twenty-eight to nothing at the half, and then Toledo Central Catholic returned the second-half kickoff for a touchdown. So uh, just a just a slaughter there for Toledo Central Catholic. So they're going to move on and they're going to play Avon uh, at Sandusky Perkins, which is where they played last week. So uh, that's that's going to be. Just out of curiosity, do you know? How many does how many does Central Catholic have a lot of state titles under their belt in football? No, I don't. I don't know too much about that. But all right, that was just out of curiosity. So all right, so we're going to go into our preview games now. We got the number six Van Wert Cougar Nation uh, playing against the number one seeded uh, Glenville, the home of Ted Ginn Senior. Uh, undefeated, twelve and zero. Yes, they're twelve and zero. Um, they had to cancel one game during the season. If you need a reminder on that one, and that game is at Tiffin Columbian Frost Calnow Stadium. So that's where that game is being played at. Yeah, that's on Saturday night, correct? That is a D four game. So correct, sir. It is on Saturday. All right. Uh, so this is going to be a very this is going to be a very interesting game. Now I told Phil before we recorded he disagreed with me. In my personal opinion, this is a David versus Goliath game. Um, even though Van Wert's on fire right now and they've been playing amazing football all season long, but they're playing against the Glenville team that Chris Box even said that uh, there's a commitment on that team that could be playing. No, he Saturday. will be playing on Saturdays. Well, that, that will be year. Yes. that will be playing Saturdays in Columbus. Like I said, man, Van Wert's been there for three three straight regional title uh, regional final appearances. I just uh, they're battle tested, and we've seen that they played a tough schedule. And I I think they're gonna be they're gonna be ready for the challenge. I mean, Glenville might win the game, but I don't. They're not gonna go excuse down. Excuse me, I don't think it's gonna be David versus Goliath. I think they're gonna go down with a fight if they go down. Yeah. Um. Just saying though, this is a this is the second time this in two years I've seen a number six seed playing a number one seed. But um, actually no. Was Liberty number five last year? In number five seed last year? I'm when not they, sure. I think so. I think they were number five or number six. Because I know we played, um, we were in the middle of the bracket of last year. And we played Cary. And uh, that would have been the, the potential state champion that year. And, um, yeah, I was number, yep, we were, I, no, I just remember where we were number, we were the number five seed playing the number one seed. And, uh. That that still that game was still we still went down with a fight, um. But the this Van Wert team, I like you said that's bat, they're battle tested and they're gonna go down. They're gonna go down with a fight, and um. Well, let's, you got Aiden Pratt at quarterback. Anything's possible. Um, they can open up the passing game. They can score quick. Uh, so if they can get that linebacker maybe in, in some spaces he's not comfortable in, maybe they'll be able to score some. Like I said, this is the no. I, I think Van Wert has a shot to win this game. 
maybe force some turnovers. Uh, you know, Glenville coming off the win against Elyria Catholic. And the funny thing is about that, I thought Elyria Catholic would actually give them a football game. Uh, Glenville won 42-6, to I think, or 43-6, to mm-hmm. something like that. But Elyria Catholic had five turnovers, uh, and you're not going to win very many games with five turnovers, mm-hmm. so I thought that played a factor. So this very, very winnable game for Van Wert if they play their game uh, and keep the big plays for Glenville to a minimum. Gotcha. I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, we got Division Seven. Uh, the, we got the number two seeded undefeated Antwerp Archers, thirteen and zero, playing the number four seed, the Lima Central Thunderbirds, uh, nine and four. Um, this is going to be Phil. I think this is going to be a really interesting game. Yeah, um, this is at, at Finley Downhill Stadium, so it'll be. Uh, I, I think a little closer of a trip for Lima. I think so. But uh, you know, I think Antwerp will be up for the challenge. Yeah, um, just saying, though, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the Antwerp game against Gibsonburg. Um, you can tell with the cold weather and that their Antwerp's got, receivers were, majority of them were barehanded. Um, I was having a decent time, a uh, uh, decent hard time catching catching the passes there because it was getting, it was, that that was a cold game. I'll tell yeah, you, definitely that gonna have cold. to adjust because it's going to be even colder this week. Yes. So, um, so uh, given that the way we saw that, that was my first time seeing Antwerp play. But I knew they were a heavy spread team. That's the only thing I knew about them going into that game. Um, and in my head, I'm like, most spread teams struggle when the when the weather gets colder because it, um, you got you have to keep your receivers' hands warm to even have a chance of catching a ball. And during and at some at certain points, um, Antwerp had a guy over the middle. Uh, I think it was number ten on a slant, and he dropped it with not a single Golden Bear near. Well, a Gibsonburg Golden Bear uh, near him, not even near him. He just drops it, and next thing you know, he's shaking his his he's shaking around his hands because um, his hands were probably ice cold. Well, it was a warm week of practice. And then they have that, so I think that that's definitely a factor. Um, this week being a colder week of practice, I think some of that, some of those issues will get fixed. But I want to mention they did a really nice job of running the ball, and they're going to have to be able to do that uh, to beat Lima Central Catholic. Lima Central Catholic is going to be a bigger, physical, more physical team, so mm-hmm. they're going to have to be able to effectively run the football, including when you come, when you're coming off a of win, being McComb. McComb's good. They're, they're that's, a physical football. They are team. they are an amazing school and an amazing team. Not because I'm biased and my cousins used to go there. Um, <laughs> no, they are a good football team. They yeah. are historically a good football program. So yes, absolutely. Yes, and um, so this is going. I think this is going to be a really interesting game, Phil. Um, but like I said, like this is going to be also this is also the second game of our coverage that is going to be played on Saturday. Yep, we only have one game for coverage that's played on Friday, and um, I'm happy to tell you that. The Enzo Militia will be bringing you coverage of that game. Uh, if you follow our Facebook page, we will update you on the scores and the quarter updates and the halftime updates. Uh, somebody from the Enzo Militia will be there on Saturday night to update this game for you guys. So uh, if you don't want to pay for something or whatever and you just want to follow along with the game, you can add our Facebook. It's just Enzo Militia and somebody... Not wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll be there on Saturday to cover the game uh, for you guys out there, uh, for anybody that wants to follow along. So Yeah, because I'm going to be in uh, West Lafayette 
Yeah, uh, somebody will be there. I don't yeah, know who. So, but somebody yeah, somebody's will be there. Gonna be there. Somebody's going to be there. So. so, but yeah, it's going to, but um, given, uh, when I was looking at the temperatures before the Purdue game. Oh, 25 at the, degrees, my friend. Yes, 25 degrees. And um, so, it, obviously, it's not, it ain't going to warm up later in the day. So, um, Antwerp's going to have their money's worth. Um, It'll be a good contest. Either going It's going to come down to who makes the first mistake, penalties. Both teams are going to have to play mistake-free football. It's going to be a good game. Absolutely. So now we're going to the greatest division in all the state of Ohio, Division 5, Region 18. Uh, we got the number one seeded NWAL champions, undefeated Liberty Center Tigers, playing against the number two seed, the M. Wood Royals, 12-1, and one, uh, coming off a victory, a, a rematch victory against the Eastwood Eagles. Um, so, Phil, uh, going over the – after watching their game against Eastwood on YouTube uh, from the Bobcat Athletic YouTube channel. Um, so, after watching uh, watching that game from, from the beginning of the game to the end, Elmwood had Eastwood on their heels all night long. Um, got anything to, anything to say See, about that? I don't, I don't know about I, I just – Elmwood's only touchdowns came on big plays, so I just – you know, Eastwood, East, Eastwood couldn't tackle. Nope. Uh, so it was like uh, maybe the cold weather had affected some of the way they tackled earlier in the year. It was warm when they played each other. didn't have to be that physical tackling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that definitely played a part in it. Elmwood was the more physical team and, uh, you know, able to win that game. And on a, a 99-yard interception return for touchdown, a 50-plus-yard pass reception, and a 40-plus-yard runs was three of their four scores. Yeah, um, another thing that Eastwood struggled on was defending the run um, on small carries. They were giving up, uh, I want to say probably on average, maybe three to four yards a carry, uh, just running up the middle every single, almost every other play. And uh, Eastwood ha- couldn't stop them, and they were averaging um, three, to four pl- uh, three to four yards per carry, um, just running up the middle. And Eastwood really ha- had a hard time shutting down the Elmwood um, run, run game. Yeah, Mason Oliver is a big physical back. He he likes to run between the tackles, even though they like to run on a shotgun. But they're going to be facing a different animal this week, mm-hmm. so it's it's going to be very difficult for them to run between the tackles. It's going to be very difficult for them to move the ball consistently uh, against a stout Liberty defense. Uh, you know, the line for Elmwood not as big as the line for 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 Coldwater, so. And I don't think they're going to be as physical as what Coldwater line like like would like to have been. So I, mm-hmm. uh, I just think uh, different animal here for Elmwood. Absolutely. Um, so you you want to go over the offense, Phil, or you want me to go go over this uh, of Elmwood's offense here? Well, I mean, it, I don't think there's too much to talk about. Really, it's it's uh, you know it's stuff that we've seen already. It's you know it's nothing that we haven't seen. It's a spread type the offense that likes to run the ball. They like to throw quick pass outs. They like to throw the slants. It's more of an arch. It's nothing it's a, that we haven't a, seen probably a, eight times this year. So it's you know, an arch. I would say it's probably again. Well, that's what everybody again. does. It's yeah. a glorified. It's, it's a, a glorified. That's, everybody wants to do that nowadays. It's just a glorified right. spread running offense. Everybody transfers to that. That's what everybody wants to do nowadays. Uh, and that's why I love when Liberty Center lines up and runs it underneath, underneath center and, and, and runs it right at you. A lot of teams aren't don't practice it. They're not ready for it. So yeah, and you can practice it for one week. But that's not gonna that's not gonna get you ready for what we do for fifteen you know for for yeah. all the weeks and 
all the times that we do it. And I think that's why it's so effective that we run the shotgun and then go to that and then do all the stuff that we do, mixing it up as well. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's where teams get in trouble against us is they run that same base set and then we start catching on and then it's it's over. Yeah, Um. I feel uh, after watching their – the Eastwood game, the Elmwood Eastwood game, they did have a one bomb that went was a vertical route to their, I, to their to the first guy inside in, inside the lineup in the slot, I believe, and he just ran just ran straight down the middle and uh, Eastwood and he just burned them all and uh, Eastwood and that was one of one of many big plays that resulted in a royal touchdown. Um, We've been good on those routes all year. We've had great help over the top with our safeties. You know, we've done a good job in man-to-man coverage, hitting guys at the line. We've done a good job with being inside of our guys and turning our head and finding the ball. That's something that we've really excelled on this year at the DB position, something that we really haven't done well over the past few years. Uh, you know, last year especially, you know, a couple times, you know, gave up quick touchdowns on the back end. So really have done a really nice job of that this year, not giving up those big plays. Absolutely. And uh, Elmwood's defense – um, against Eastwood, uh, they went they went to a base five two set. Um, they have a you they have a four four split here and there, but um, they have a very unique. But their go to formation, um, I saw was a three four defense. Um. But mainly, though, after Eastwood started establishing the run a little bit more and just constantly running down their throw, they switched to a 5-2 and then switched to a 4-4 and mixed those two formations in and shut them down. But the thing is, though, um, we've seen this, seen these formations, these defensive-style formations, almost all year. And uh, it's never uh, worked um, it's never worked, and I don't think it's going to work going into this week, Phil. Yeah, you know, I just think that the way that they like to run the ball plays right into our defense's hands, and the way that their defense lines up, uh, we're going to adjust and make the right play calls that we need to to get us in the right situations. Uh, average five yards of carry last week. I expect more of the same this week. Really going to look to grind it out, and I think our play-action pass is going to be a little bit more effective this week as mm-hmm. well. So. Um, I don't personally. I don't think Elmwood. They got the size, but I don't think they're going to be ready for this for this Liberty Center team. Um, it's going to be cold, and when they get hit a couple times, I don't, I don't know what their response is going to be. And I think that plays a definite factor. They might start flopping. I feel like they're I mean, a flopping we're just, team. We're just a big physical team that likes to hit people. So uh, I, I definitely think the cold water plays a factor here. Cold weather plays a factor. Um, the thing is, uh, the, I also I found out about this just because I was uh, listening to the news on the highlights. Um, this is Elmwood's first ever school regional title uh, appearance. So this is the first time they've been in the regional title game in school history for football. So experience could come down to play too. Yes. This game again at Perrysburg, Whittlefield, Whittlefield at Steiker Field. Um, so... Yeah, the what they call oh the home site their home site it's called the swarm that's what their yeah, that's well, what it's, it's going to be swarming of something this wheel orange and black this weekend yes um so Phil how do you think going into this game uh, how do you think Liberty's going to be preparing against Elmwood here 
I don't think they're going to do anything differently than what they've done for the last 13 weeks. Uh, again, I just think it's more about what we do. Uh, read our keys, play our defense, play our strengths, and everything else takes care of itself. Uh, you know, we saw what happens when guys try to space us out. Uh, you know, we have speed on the back end to make up for that. Our, I've mentioned it a couple of times. Our defensive backs have been playing as sound as you can play all season. Uh, and then, you know, you could literally talk in a, for an entire episode about the front three guys uh, that we have on our defensive side. So, you know, I don't think too much changes. I, I just think, you know, got to keep everybody healthy, focused all week at practice, uh, you know, touching up some minor things. You know, only two penalties for 15 yards on Friday, so good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to have those numbers low, especially in week 13, 14, and 15. Now you start getting down the stretch. Uh, don't want to be behind the chains, even though we have the ability to make up for that. But um, <clears throat> I think that's that's probably the biggest focus is, you know, worrying about stuff that we're doing, t- tweaking some of the things that we need to tweak and uh, keeping guys healthy and mindful of, uh, you know, no penalties, securing punts. I think that's a big thing. Uh, we, need to, we need to be able to go up and catch punts. Uh, I thought a few times on Friday night that cold water punt, and we lost about 10 to 20 yards of field position uh, because we didn't catch the punt. You know, some of those times I understand if they're wobblers, you want to get away from them, so I understand a few of those times. But um, if you have the capability to step up and catch the punt, I think that we should do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's something else that we'll probably focus on a little bit as well as we can practice. Agreed, agreed. Um, personally, for me, uh, I feel like Elmwood might throw – I, given that this is going to be a big game and that this is going, this is their first appearance and they're playing against a hell of a good Liberty Center football team, um, I might, I, I'm just guessing here. They, do you think they might throw some hocus pocus out there, as in some trick plays to see if they can catch us? Yeah, I'd be catch a little them, bit surprised. I, I think they'll be. I think I'd be surprised to see that. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they throw it downfield a little bit to start the game. You know, just try to mm-hmm. go vertical, try to get big plays, try to get some momentum going. Uh, you know, I, I've always been against trick plays at this level other than maybe your basic fake fakes, like a fake punt or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, try to stay away from trick plays because if those things go bad, uh, you know, you're you're asking for a disaster. You know, say Liberty Center scores, they try to run a trick play, you lose the ball, Liberty Center scores again, and you find yourself down 14 nothing before you blinked. And with a defense like Liberty Center has, uh, you know, you don't want to get caught in a situation by you're down by score too. So. Mm-hmm. I think they'll stick to their guns. I, I do think uh, I would not be surprised at all if they, if they throw up vertical a lot, a lot more than what they normally do. Maybe they do it like three or four times a game. Maybe see it five, six, seven times, uh, especially on first down. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they like to try to hurt, try to run it, run it quick a little bit. I, I know against the Defiance County schools, they like to try to they like to, to try to get to the line and snap it a little bit quicker on those first downs. So. Oh yeah, that's another thing. And they I struggled forgot a little me- bit with their physicality. So yeah, that's another thing I forgot to mention. Um, Elmwood has a no huddle spread run offense. That's something I really thought I'd never see. Really, but I don't think it's a problem. Like I said, if we we take care of what we need yeah. to do and everything else, I think we'll be all right. So. Yeah. We just well, got to keep oh, playing the way we've been playing. Well, the thing is, though, um, even though it's a no huddle stop, even no huddle, they don't have the wristbands that are going off signals, so that actually will give us a, a, a little. I got to look to the line of scrimmage or the sideline for the play call. So, the li- so that gives us some time. Gives our time some a, a little bit more time, a, a little bit time to um, sub in our guys the way we like to do that. But um, we'll see how that goes. Um, 
what else do you think that um, we could possibly see from Elmwood other than the uh, trying to throw it deep, throw, trying to throw the deep ball there? Like I said, I just think it's going to be a stick to your it's a stick to your guns type of week. Uh, we're in the regional finals here. You didn't get to what you did by by being cute. Um, you do what you do. I don't think Elmwood's going to change anything too much. I think they're going to do what they do, stick to their guns. You're going to see a lot of Mason Oliver carrying the football. Their 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 quarterback's big. You know, he's 6'2", 6'3", 150 pounds, 6'4", 150 pounds, 180 pounds, whatever it is. But, uh, you know, not a super physical guy for that size. I, they don't do anything differently than what they've done for the last, you know, several weeks. Uh, they'll keep it simple. They're going to try to hit us with some quick hitter slant routes, I think. But, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I said, it's all about what Liberty Center does. Absolutely. Uh, so, um, just like you said multiple times now, uh, the cold weather and our physicality is going to play a big factor. I agree with that. Um, and also another thing is uh, – Obviously, it's going to be the uh, uh, the blocking until the whistle blows is going to be a thorn in the side of the of Elmwood all game long, and they're probably going to be looking for flags constantly, and um, yeah. So I, I I truly think though that this is uh, going to be another game where our guys are just going to be a headache for them, and it's just going to get to the point where they're just going to start doing uh, stupid stuff, and it's going to cost them. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, if we had a running clock. It really wouldn't. All right. All right, man. Um, no, I just want to mention, too, uh, you know, we <clears throat> they mix up the divisions that we could play, the regions. Uh, they'll mix those up. They'll decide on Thursday. So I can't tell you who these teams are playing like I had the last couple weeks uh, because they don't know who – what region they're going to be playing. Uh, so in, in Division 5, Region 17, South Range plays Perry at Berkshire Great Lakes Cheese Stadium. In Division 5, Region 19, Ironton plays Canal Winchester Harvest Prep. And in Division 5, Region 20, Germantown Valley View takes on um, West Milton, the two seed, one versus two seed there. So those are some possible... Uh, teams that we can see we will find out hopefully Thursday before our before our episode airs or before our episode records hopefully we find out that information so I can get some of that information to you guys absolutely um you got anything else Phil no just add uh, the Enzo Militia Facebook page follow everything there uh you know I, I like to <clears throat> post some stats on there and some odds and ends facts and stuff like that so I'll be pretty active on that this week uh, check out my new fact that I'll post later on this week as Liberty Center has tied the um, best record in school history with 13 wins. Uh, what was the last time that pulled up? 13-1 and one in 2000. They lost in the state semifinal game to Bedford Chanel. Gotcha. Uh, so Liberty Center tying the uh, best record in school history at 13-0, and 0, uh, the most wins in school history in a season at 13. So congratulations to the 2022 Tigers on that accomplishment. That's great stuff. Absolutely. As well as a perfect season and league championship. So, uh, Enzo Militia Facebook page. Check us out there. You can check out Markle Pick'em Pulls on Markle's Pick'em Pulls on Instagram. Uh, <clears throat> we are available on Spotify. We are available on Apple Music. We have officially confirmed that. A buddy of mine has told me that that's how he listens to us. He doesn't even have Spotify. Showed me that we are, in fact, on Apple Music. I do not have the link. I'm working on that. Uh, Isaiah Isaiah has been on my butt about it too. <laughs> blah blah blah. I got you. So um, I'll get that for you guys. But we are available on Apple Music, Spotify. Check us out there. Like, share, um, 
contact us if you want to uh, talk about something. If you want to be a special guest or co or whatever, you know, get a hold of us. We'll talk with you. And outside yeah. of that, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hot commodity on Friday. Oh, yeah, whoever, last person out of Liberty Center, make sure you flip the switch for the lights, baby. Absolutely. So, um, well, Phil, you you stole my thunder. So what? Why? What, why? What was your thunder? The the links and all that and, oh, like, yeah. and the social medias. But that, hey, that's the tech guy. That's a yeah, tech guy's job, yeah, bro. You're my co-host for a reason. And, so uh, also, uh, go to the game. Yes. Go, I, I know it's gonna be cold. I know it sucks, uh, but we didn't come this far not to be supportive. Yep. Uh, you know, I I think that's the last thing we should mention. We had all kind of talked about twelfth man. Yeah. Showed out. So Liberty Center fans. <laughs> Uh, definite, definite round of or oh, I hit the wrong button. Sorry. Uh, de- definite round of applause for you guys showing out uh, at Lima Stadium. Completely, we had a one heck of a crowd. Completely blacked out. Um, yeah, blacked out upon Owen Box's request. So Chris did a great job uh, relaying that message out. So a great job to to all the Liberty Center faithful. Twelfth man, we really filled up all those stands. That oh, was yeah. it was loud all night. Um, when the defense came off the field for third down stops, people were standing up. I mean, this is what it's all about. It's been awesome. Let's keep it rolling. Three more for each other. All right, with that being said, I'm your host, Isaiah Markle. And I'm your co-host, the stats guy, Mr. Phil, the snowman snow. And this is Endzone Militia.